it's, give me the list. Mm. What were the two that I missed? Read them out. Rising Star Award and Producer of the Year. Okay, go on, read what who was the no producer? One cares. No, come on. <laughs> can we show producers love? Give the come on, shout out the producer. Fred again. Okay. And then <laughs> we love we love great girls. Great girls. You know, like Queen and Slim, great girls, beautiful girls. Um anyway. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Alert The Stands. You're here today with your host, Eats McKenzie and... Nicholas Terrell. And Chopin. And we are in a new studio, so let's see what the sound is sounding like on the other side. Um, how have your weeks been, guys? I'm uh, busy as per, really, just, yeah, just a lot going on, but excited to be back. Another week of That's Pod and another week of interesting topics. How are you guys? Um, I'm very stressed right now. I'm trying not to have anxiety over the future. Wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, you did predict that a few episodes ago where you spoke about what you were expecting from this year. Um, but I think we said it would be good stress. So hopefully it is good stress. You said that. We said that. And it would be progressive and it would help you elevate to a, a new levels, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, stress. <laughs> I guess that's the theme for the week. Because equally, I'm feeling quite stressed. Um, I was ill for the last three days. Coming back from it slowly. Um, was off work for the last three days, so... It's going back into work now. I'm facing capitalism on Monday, so I'm predicting that. But in the present, I'm good. Um, seeing my best friend today, um, it's going to be a really, really good day. Looking forward to that. But let's get on to the episode. Let's get on to the episode. So, Shope, do your thing, man. Oh, wow. It's already that time. It's already that time, man. So, we are going to go through what we've all been listening to for the last week. And um, disclosure, I'm... Not really good at describing music, so I'm just not. I'm just gonna say what I listen to, and we'll leave it there. So, uh, actually, this last one, because I'm, I'm assuming it will cause a reaction from Eden and Nicholas. This last one. So, firstly, um, Luke James again. I'm still listening to his album. Still listening to the album. Like he really gave us, um, for me, one of the first dope projects 2020 so shout out to him and i'm especially been listening to the last song of the album called shine on featuring samo who i feel is going to be my new musical obsession after watching him on terrell he is voices ridiculous yeah incredible incredible voices. it's really unique isn't it very unique very unique like he's like a mixture of like gospel but he has like a he has a very strong southern twang in his tone it don't matter who you are it is so simple i feel it but it's everything no matter who you love it is so simple i feel it but it is everything Oh, it's everything, oh, it's everything Oh, it's everything yeah, 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 yeah. 
time. It's very raspy, but then his dynamics, the way he manipulates his notes, and he can really like just he has a very unique delivery and unique way of singing. But he's a beast, mm. a beast. I'm sh- probably will discuss one of his projects next week, and um, so that's shine on. And I've also been listening to Luke's Whisper in the Dark mixtape. So I'm still in like my Luke flex. Um, I've been seeing he's doing a lot of interviews recently promoting the album, which is good. So I revisited his Whispers in the Dark mixtape from 2012. And I hadn't heard it in a very long time, but this was just like, to me, the it was the beginnings of the artist that he is today. And like, there were just some really, really, really great songs. Like I love the elements of like jazz and blues but i love how it was like very still like alternative atmospheric but it was like but it had melody it still had good um notes note choices and things of that nature so songs like strawberry vapors Mission sparks an intellectual rain of thoughts Like if the moon controls the tide of the sea And we're made up of 70 desert Heartbeat, the blues, Be Bad, Mo Better Blues That was a great, great mixtape And that should have been his debut album Unlike his debut album Which I just found out so he's been, He doesn't like his first album <laughs> Oh really? He doesn't like it So, uh he did an interview of Essence, I believe, and they asked him, how do you feel you've grown since this last album? He's like, I don't really count the last album. To oh, me, wow. this is my first project, which kind of upset me a little bit because even though I said it, it wasn't the album I wanted from him at the time, I do like the album mm. and there were some great songs on there, but I can tell it was just a lot of like the label wanted me to record these songs. But yeah, no, um, yeah, so Luke James... So those two. What else is next? Um, this last one is going to make I um, need even a Nick laugh, but I'll get to that last. So next up is um, uh, Dawn Richard's projection. This was on her Black Heart album from 2015. So when we had Moses on last week, he mentioned that he listens to a lot of Bjork because she likes he likes how ambient and how down tempo her music is, especially uh, the music on Vespertine and Homogenic, which is one of my favorite albums by her. And that reminds me of this Dawn song. And Dawn, for anyone who knows Dawn, she's a massive Bjork fan. Like the reason why I listen to Bjork is probably because of her. Cause like she's mentioned her in several interviews over the last 15 years. And um, this song to me is very much in the Bjork ilk. Like this could easily be a Bjork song. Like it's a very, uh, how can I, it's like a very, come on adjectives where are we today come on see job see capitalism um it's a very i don't know it's a great song Mm. (laughs) and it's like it's very uh very slow very ambient i guess i want to use the word transient if if that works it does work in this context like it's a very yeah it's a great song it's like seven minutes long and it's very calming and um yeah it's a great song so if Dawn in her electronic bags And next goes up to Bjork's Vespertine So when Moses mentioned it I kind of side-eyed him Because it wasn't an album that I particularly cared for But I I must be humbled Because, you know, I guess I played it for the first time in a long time I'm like, Wait, this is actually a very good album It's a very good album And it kind of just shows that you kind of have to be in a different place in your life To hear projects So, uh, yeah, I didn't really like the album when I first heard it years ago But it's a very, 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 very good album 
So like yeah, I like it's like very very electronic. Like because her music in general is very all over the place genre wise, but this is like really like elements of techno, but like ballady techno, electronic, folktronic, um, very ambient, very chilled, very laid back, very minimalist production, and very interesting melodies and the way the songs were written and structured. Sorry I'm rambling today, but hey, that's life. Capitalism sucks. Um, <coughs> yes, yeah, so that's Bjork's Vespertine. The songs I particularly would recommend on that are Cocoon, It's Not Up To You, Pagan Poetry, and um, yeah. And I, I was thinking one day we should all do, we should maybe do an episode about our favourite non-black artists. So our, our artists that people wouldn't expect us to listen to. I know we don't really discuss that much, but yeah, I'm a massive Bjork fan. So, <laughs> and I know Eden and Nick have some artists that you wouldn't expect us to listen to. So, why well, we should do that one day? Just putting that out there. I feel like people wouldn't be surprised at the amount of white artists that I actually listen to. To be fair, <laughs> like sure. I, I listen to a lot of alt rock and stuff like that. So, it's, I'm not really. I don't think they'll be surprised. I think the first season was like most of my suggestions were like alt. No, oh, of course, but I know a lot of the artists we tend to mention are like are black and they're in the quote-unquote urban category i guess so, yeah, yeah. i know that like i know nick is, gets in his country bag yeah. i'm like recently i've been a lot i've been to a lot of uh, electronic and house recently um and then me going back to bjork this week is kind of like i've been checking out more artists like her but anyway very lastly now so someone shout out to matthew a cherry on twitter he just won an oscar he he started like this michelle williams appreciation day hashtag and someone's he tweeted, what's your favorite of Michelle Williams verse? Because as we know, she's the queen of bridges. And then someone quote tweeted that asking, no, what's your favorite solo Michelle Williams song? And this guy, shout out to Mel Smith, I think his name is. He put, he said, never be the same from her album, Do You Know? And I like screamed on the way to work because I hadn't heard that album in a long time. So I'm gonna say this now, Michelle, I know we will play, laugh at her and play her, but Michelle's first two gospel albums, slap. Mm. Okay, slap. And I'm here today to tell you, you're <laughs> gonna be laughing, oh shit, Beyonce, Shane, Kelly Rowland. Good music is good music. Mm. That, those, that soulful urban gospel that you would get from like a Kirk Franklin's and your, Mary Mary's and your commissioned and your Marvin Saps and your my my personal favorite Donald Lawrence like Michelle's first two albums bang I don't care if they flopped I don't care if they were Team Jesus or whatever they are good so I implore all of you all of you listening to listen to Michelle's album Do You Know 2004 the second album she was working that year that was the same year Destiny Fulfilled came out. Two albums in one year. Who? <laughs> Other than our, than our gospel queen. Team Jesus, Team Soldiers for Christ. So I highly recommend the song The Incident. Um, the Movement, which was actually produced by Solange. Solange wrote and produced one of the songs on the album. And it was mad hearing it in 2020 because I heard the album years ago. I was like 10 when it came, came out. So a 16-year-old Solange wrote and produced this song. And I'm like, you're here at this age. How did you come up with this? So shout out to Solange. So for that alone, Solange is on the album, y'all. The movement, the incident, never be the same. Um, 50 minutes. It's a great album. And I please tweet me. <laughs> I want to start a discussion about this album because we all play Michelle too much. But Queen of Bridges, but her gospel albums are great, man. But yeah, those are my listens. Okay. <laughs> you came on a flurry today. 
Um, Sorry if I was rambled. No, it was cool. You were passionate. That's the main thing. Um, so I guess for me this week, I didn't really have anything I would say I want to bring to the podcast as a recommendation necessarily, but I'll tell you what I'm actually listening to. So last week, Nick spoke about Black Habits, um, the project by D Smoke. Um, so I gave it a go and listened to it. Um, I haven't finished it yet. I think I am currently on Real Body, the song with Ari Lennox. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm really enjoying it. And the issue I have with it is his voice, it's too similar to Kendrick on some of these songs for me. Um, and some of the themes are like, they're really complex, but I don't know. I don't know. I need to sit with it a bit more to like fully understand it and take it in properly. But I am getting a lot of Kendrick feels from it. It does feel too similar to Kendrick. Um, I will say that, but the themes are important. Talks about blackness. He talks about the important, the importance of knowing where you come from, um, an identity, um, Inglewood, and all those types of things. But also the vibes of the album are really good. Like you can tell he has an ear for um, harmony. He's got Sir and he's got Ari, Ari Lennox. He's got um, Jill Scott, um, and then he has okay. like odes to um, Inglewood. He's got um, Snoop Dogg on here and quite a few old heads as well. So it's a really good album. Um, I wasn't really feeling Bullies. That's the second song in the album. I wasn't really feeling that song, but I am feeling the song Falling. I love a good like love rap song in a way. Um, that's kind of my bag. So I would definitely recommend this album. Um, in a way, take it with a pinch of salt because I'm not fully all the way there with it yet. Um, but I am enjoying it so far. Um, that might change next week. It might not change, but I am enjoying it. Um, other than that, it's been a fairly quiet week when it comes to music. I've just been listening to the same things. I would recommend listening to someone called Elu J. Um, he has a project called Tulula. I don't know if it's a project, but there's two songs on Spotify under this one. One called Black Tea and another one called Tings Come and Go. Um, it's a really good project. It's actually my alarm on one of my phones, which is really weird, um, on my work phone. But I love it. It's a very um, soothing, um, like, guitar-focused song. Um, this is um, Black Tea's, by the way. And... It just it's a feel good type of song. You just sit there and you vibe into it. And that's probably why I say it as my alarm, because I wanted to wake up to something that actually started my day on a positive note. And this song in particular makes me feel good. So definitely recommend that. Um let us know what you think. D A T S P O D. And that's all I have this week. Hopefully I listen to more music. Nick. Um I think this week has been a bit slow for me in terms of albums that uh, I want to bring to the podcast. But um, in terms of songs, there is a singer, songwriter and producer from Nigeria called Thames. And um, she released a song called Try Me in 2019. Uh, and it's kind of R&B based. And it's like, it, she's got she's got a really distinctive voice. And when I listened to it at first, I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. But as the week came on, I found myself falling in love with it. I think she wells a lot in this song and it's just really addictive and it's really soulful and it's really passionate and it comes from an emotional place. And yeah, I just, I saw an article about her on OK Africa and she's definitely one to watch. She's rising, she's doing a lot in Nigeria on home soil um, and doing a lot in Lagos in particular. So um, I'm really looking forward to what else she has to come. She's released a couple of singles last year as well. Um, so I definitely recommend listening to Try Me First and then going to Mr. Rebel 
um, which was actually released the year before, and then um, Luku Luku, um, which was released last year too. So all sound a little bit different. They don't all sound similar. Uh, so I'm really excited for her rise and what's to come. And the fact that she's a singer-songwriter as well, because... I was reading a piece with Victoria Monet in um, Billboard uh, earlier last year and it was a roundtable kind of discussion around women in music and how they're getting much more visibility. They've always been there, um, but often ignored and often misplaced in terms of um, perceptions when men walk into the studio and stuff. So definitely feeling her record, definitely feeling the fact that she's more than just a um, a singer as well. She actually produces a lot of her stuff. So I'm excited to see what's to come. And I think we've said this before on the podcast or I've said it on Twitter and stuff and in pieces I've wrote, but um, Africa, West Africa specifically, is having a little moment right now. And I hope it just expands beyond obviously Afropop and Afrobeats too, because there's a lot of, artists doing different kind of music as well like r&b hip-hop pop in in some lanes as well so yeah i just hope she's part of that whole movement and moment right now um i've listened to Rema's new single too which um i'm feeling but i don't think i've listened to it enough times to kind of say why and go into the the nuances of it which is what i love to do when i'm talking about music with you guys but that is my recommendation for the week. It's a really good song, really addictive. Give it a chance if you're not feeling it on first listen. But um, yeah, that's it. We will head into the news. Um, it's been a pretty rough week for a lot of reasons, but um, we're going to try and keep it positive here. Uh, in terms of our first news story, I'm going to just get it over and done with because it's really sad. But um, US rapper Pop Smoke uh, has been killed. So if you didn't know, he's 20 years old, um, reigns from New York City. And unfortunately, during a robbery, um, he died this week as well. So it's been really unfortunate. He was signed to Republic. He had his first US top project just weeks ago with um, Welcome to the Woo uh, 2. And yeah, you'll know him from Welcome to the Party, Dior, all of those kind of singles. There's been massive tribute pieces on the likes of Complex, on the likes of Fader. Uh, I think there was one on New York Post recently as well. He was part of the drill movement um, happening both here in the UK and in the US. And he did a tour here, actually traveling to cities such as Leicester, obviously London, um, etc. And taking pictures with the likes of Miss Banks and loads of our rappers in the scene, trying to show love and essentially get the cosign as well. Because on the Welcome to the Party joint, he definitely sounds... Uh, like he could actually be from London or he's trying to Im imitate the accent in, in some kind of way. But he's definitely way more talented than just Welcome to the Party. Like I, I've watched some of his freestyles on Hot 97, uh, as well as other hip hop platforms in the States as well. 50 Cent co-signed and said, you, you know, he said to Ebra, uh, you better be listening to Pop Smoke because he, he was co-signing him. New York definitely messed with him. London pretty much messed with him too. So... The world was getting a taste of what he had to come. He collaborated with the likes of Travis Scott. Uh, there's some unreleased collaborations with loads of different rappers as well that he, he was about to drop. So it's really unfortunate. Um, he did post his address um, the day before on um, his Instagram story. And uh, people think that it's linked to that, to why people found his address and obviously did the robbery. It's 
he was even singled out. I'm, I'm just looking at this article now. He was singled out by BBC One um, Extra for Hot for 2020. So he made a lot of lists. He had a lot of visibility on him. Uh, TMZ broke the story once more. I don't think his family knew at the time. So again, it's kind of disappointing to see platforms do that. Uh, such as TMZ and they've received scrutiny in the last couple of days as well from fans and friends and industry folk alike. Yeah, sorry, I sound kind of downbeat on here. It's just a really sad story to keep reading. And as we've done the podcast, we've just had death after death after death or incident after incident after incident. So it's just really a shame that this has happened. He was only 20 um, months away, weeks away from his 21st birthday. So it's really unfortunate. Um, and I think that's all I'll say on the story. You know, loads of people have showed tributes, pictures, etc. So... Yeah, what do you guys, is there anything to even think of this story? Is there even angle? But what, like, I'm, I'm going to say RIP and um, rest in peace. And honestly, I, I was watching him because I read a story on The Fader, as I said before. Um, it was about a profile piece. Um, I will say after these guys done their takes who who wrote it, because I forgot, but I love her. But she's a, she's a brilliant journalist and um, she covered his story amazingly well. There's so many... Um, things that I didn't know about him that I learned from that interview. She went to dinner with him, went to the studio, all of that. So um, I'll definitely tweet that out via the Dats account when this episode's out, of course, and the tribute pieces too. But yeah, RIP Pop Smoke and gone way, way too soon, way too soon. But um, what are you guys' thoughts on the, the passing of Pop Smoke? Um, I think just to share the sentiment of it's too soon, but also um, the genius that came with the music that he made. It was an opportunity for two sides. So usually when Americans talk about like the UK scene, it's often like we're trying to either take their sound or um, our sound isn't as as great as we think it is or situations like that. But... I think it's important to note that celebrities like Pop Smoke allowed us to unify um, and actually enjoy some of the music together. Um, the fact that he worked with UK producers and he had a, well, I wouldn't say a UK sound because um, he did kind of combined drill elements with some of like Brooklyn and um, uh, New York aesthetic. So it was a nice combination. It was something that was brand new and it was taken over the scene. I think I saw Azealia Banks tweet about it. Um, not in a positive light, but she did say that drill was one of the most exciting genres to come out of the UK um, and that we should continue doing things like that, um, which I have my own reservations about, but this, it's not the moment for it. So RIP to Pop Smoke, um, it's definitely very sad to hear. It's, I remember reading somewhere that it was a planned attack um, I don't know how true that is. I'm going to say allegedly it was a planned attack. Um, but I really hope that his family are healing. 20 is such a young age to for anything, for anyone to pass. Um, so it's very unfortunate. And he had a whole future ahead of him where he could have become this incredible, incredible force in the music industry. Um, so hopefully there'll be no more deaths in 2020. Um, hopefully we start to realize the importance of our art um, and we protect each other more. Um, but yeah, RIP, that's all I can really say. Do you have any thoughts? No? Cool. So from Dats Pod, I think collectively we're saying RIP to Pop Smoke.
Um, just to further clarify, the pieces were written by Shamira Ibrahim, a brilliant culture journalist. Um, yeah, she's amazing, and she she really found the words when I had not had none really. Um, and she wrote his um, profile piece on the fader as well. Um, and this piece, Pop Smoke, Brooklyn's Roaring Force, is on Complex, the one that she tributed after he died. So she's done both of pe- both pieces, and then obviously EVA did a piece for the fader as well. So, yeah, get into those if you want to learn a bit more about him because he was really, he had more to him than just what you heard from, you know, Welcome to the Party and Dior. So, um, yeah, I'm going to move on because it's, it's just a bit sad. Um, I'm going to move on to the UK. Um, I guess it's not, it's not light news either, I guess, but some people have found it funny. Um, not myself, but um, Sneak Bow confronts Dot Rotten. Um, so Sneak Bow has appeared again. He's obviously he's actually released a new single. Um, as of Friday, Shopace PR actually reached out to me about that one. Um, but yeah, I think with this incident, social media just went a bit crazy. So Dot Rotten has been coming at Sneakbo for a while now and Sneakbo has not been happy about it. So he sent a tweet out on February 20th saying, if you know Dot Rotten, please go check on your guy before he overdosed on something. This guy in my DMs talking crazy. Oi, please check your guy, no joke. Um, Sneakbo went to go and see Dot Rotten on these crazy dms because he was practically talking reckless in the dms and he took a picture of him positioned by a wall with his neck grabbed up in a i want to say red hoodie tears running down his face um and the internet went wild with memes uk drill news and other outlets kind of posted laughing emojis skull emojis you know the drill you know what it is um producer zeph actually said i hate predicting death but we're gonna lose a rapper from brixton soon um kind of echoing the sentiments of this this story and like the violence is going to get worse between these rappers um so yeah basically there's a beef with sneak bow Clash covered this. Um, there was a lot of misreporting, I want to say, and like Eden, myself, Shope, um, there was a group chat we had a discussion about this in, whether we were going to cover this or not. But I just wanted to get, if you even have any thoughts on this story. Um, I had a few thoughts, but it wasn't really necessarily just on this story. It's more to do with the responsibility when it comes to reporting um, stories of violence in general in the UK, um, also in the US. Um, so in relation to what happened to Pop Smoke and obviously TMZ and the role they play in reporting the news, but also on the individual YouTube channels, the um, podcasts and some of the, um, let's say, publications that get excited at beefs, fights, stabbings, all those situations personally i don't i don't want to speak for these two it annoys me it makes me feel very uncomfortable just simply because like i feel like as rap becomes the most listened to genre in the world 
and grime becomes grime slash UK rap becomes probably the most popular. We saw that through the Brit Awards. We saw that through Stormzy's Ascension. Uh, the people that are listening to the music, they kind of listen to it from a very poverty porn angle. They'll look at things and they'll hear stories about like drillings. Oh, like this person has beef with this person. So let's watch this Instagram live story of, um, let's say, African child beefing this person. Let's get excited. Let's let's hype this beef up to the point where they'll actually meet and things happen and we can watch it like it's the National Geographic or something like that. And for me personally, it makes me feel very uncomfortable um, because these are actual lives. These are people that whose lives are potentially in danger from beefs that have spanned throughout the last 10 to 20 years and I don't think it's being handled in a very serious matter and I feel like it's it's entertainment for a lot of people these are people at the end of the day and although like we can look at the situation and although um Dot Rotten is fine now he has been talking a lot about um J1 and like Sneakbone all these people recently but although we can talk about like beefs and all those types of things and look at them as humor because I'm not, I'm not going to pretend we watch movies that have like beefs and stuff in it and we don't find it funny. But when it's real life, I feel it's a bit iffy because it can get very serious very quickly. And then the topic on all of the social medias is mental health. And for me, I'm tired of hypocrites. I'm tired of people angling certain arguments towards things that they participate in as individuals. Um, it's fine to take responsibility and to say, okay, I made a mistake with that, but I do believe we need to take some responsibility when it comes to the here and now. And in the present, what I'm seeing is a lot of people laughing at a situation that could have been much worse. Um, that's literally all I had to say. I think it's a general discussion. Like you two as journalists, you probably know the importance of actually making sure that your information is correct but also at the same time, sometimes it's quite sensitive. Mm. So you need to make sure that when you're reporting things to people, I imagine you guys make sure that when you say things, it comes from a place of understanding a situation more so than just getting a story out. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, I know that Dot Run has obviously been coming for a lot of people for years, families like below the belt. Um, not This is like obviously hip hop culture and rap culture more widely is has been below the belt before um let's not lie and say mm. that certain people's families tupac biggie like you know people's families have been brought into things numerous of times um i mean i guess it's kind of like keep that same energy in terms of you're going to see each other this is london it's very small like as lot as much as it is a big city it's small in the wider context of things so you will see each other um I personally didn't engage with this story this week, like in terms of really like, like quote tweeting or like retweeting anything. I actually, I saw the memes and stuff and just didn't delve any further really. Obviously I knew it was a news agenda. So, but I think in terms of responsibility to report, I think as Eden just said, there, there, there are the gossip channels the era that we're in now we've covered a lot of beefs at this point that have been on these platforms like the gossip kind of platforms and stuff but i think it's i think some people want the beef to kind of be ongoing because it gives them content and it gives them engagement and it gives them ratings and it gives them um 
more fan follows and people who want to follow follow the story. Uh, I don't think some people care to report in the right way. It's just kind of getting into it's entertainment. It's entertainment versus reporting, right? And some people want to kind of report in that way to and skew things. Um, even we've spoken about them before, but even TMZ participate in this a lot as well uh, in aggravating beefs um, and aggravating altercations uh, to the point where they just want laughs and emojis and stuff like that. So, I mean, I hope that ultimately, I hope they can get this issue resolved. Um, and in light of all the stuff that's happening now in terms of deaths over these kind of small problems and people, yeah, losing their lives like Nipsey Hussle, that was a thing of jealousy. That was a thing of malice. And I'm sure if Nipsey Hussle was the person who wasn't mature and who was aggravating beefs all the time, he there could have been multiple blowups in his career that one that was self-started, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because there were beefs that came when he wasn't even active in, in, in kind of these things out of jealousy and spite and stuff. So I don't know. I think that we just need to be really sensitive because life is really short. And I don't think people realize how short life is until it happens to them or it happens to someone close to them. Um, I've certainly learned that in the last couple of years, uh, last couple of months even. So I think as much as we want to get entertainment, Twitter's funny. Instagram's funny. We can laugh that, you know, they're a form of distraction from this, you know, Babylon capitalism, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I think there's a responsibility to just know what you're promoting out there. And that's something even I need to get better at as well. So I'm not even just saying it from a point of I'm the better person and mm. everyone is because I'm one to always admit my flaws. And one of my, one of my flaws is to work on that. And I'm followed the shade room last year and platforms like that shade borough and all of that and it's it's been great for me in terms of not seeing that content like targeted in my face obviously i'm going to see retweets and stuff but yeah if you if you care about these actual people and are fans of these actual people just disengage and know when something's a meme and something's funny you know like a you know even the geez megan the stallion thing have a few laughs or whatever but in terms of real lives knives guns popping up to the studio killings threats stuff like that i think there's a line and i need to get better at it just like everyone else does so that's my perspective waffle i know um but yeah that beyond that i hope they resolve things so i think we're saying because obviously dats is a brand that's developing and evolving and everything but i think we're saying don't expect to come to this platform to hear that type of gossip, those type of like us getting excited about things like that. It's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, hope the situation gets resolved. Hope, um, I heard sneak bear release a new song. Yeah. I probably won't listen to that if I'm being a hundred percent, uh, it's not my type of music, but I hope his core fans enjoy that. Mm. Um, and I hope that, um, dot Ron gets back onto producing cause he's actually an amazing producer. He actually wrote quite a few good songs as well and produced for quite a few artists as well. So hopefully everyone gets back to the music. Hopefully we can get back to the music and that's all I want to say on that. Cool. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the US again. Back to the US. So 
this is in regards to festivals. So festival season is coming up and um, there's a new festival emerging um, called Lovers and Friends. So this festival came to light uh, mid this week and it's a nostalgia based festival. Um, and it features the likes of um, Snoop Dogg, Little Kim, Foxy Brown, uh, Maze, so many of our iconic 2000s and 90s hip hop and R&B talents. So many of them, rappers, singers, etc., etc. So this got announced um, and it's causing a lot of controversy. Um, even Usher's on the bill, Lauren Hill. Um, and we know the delays with Lauren Hill, so... I, you know, I hope I hope she she makes a stage, but um, yeah. Does she know she's on the flyer? <laughs> Pardon? Does she even know she's on the flyer? I don't know at this mm-hmm. point. I don't know. Do I reps? No, I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> lovers and friends. Yeah, this week. So they are um being distributed through the major promotions company called Golden Voice, and um. Yeah, so this got announced, and then it instantly caused controversy because the likes of Little Kim went to Instagram stories and said that she was not on the bill. She was not performing, okay? And then the um, I actually saw rhetoric from the editor-in-chief from DJ Booth saying he always loves to educate, okay? Like, he always loves to give the context on Twitter. So he was like, um, actually, guys, you know, sometimes... And I love him, to, to be honest, but like it's funny sometimes just to read his tweets. But he's like, oh... Um, artists sometimes don't know that they're even booked it's through their reps and their agents and all of that so some of these artists be instagram storying and they're not in a they're not aware that they're actually booked in may april august etc etc so that was his tweet and then little kim came back the next day which was thursday because this got announced on wednesday and said that she is performing and that Snoop Dogg and her have had some behind the scenes conversations to resolve this issue. Um, They've now released that this is going to not just happen on Saturday. um, I think it's May 10th. It's going to happen on Friday, May 9th as well. So it's going to be two days. This is taking place in LA, Los Angeles. And um, that more artists will be added to the bill as well. So Ja Rule is on the bill, as I said, Mace, TLC, um, and more more acts got added to the bill on the Friday too. Uh, and But in the small print, it says subject to changes and lineup removals. Now, Megan The Stallion was actually booked on the Saturday at Broccoli Festival, which I'm going to, and the Lovers and Friends Festival. So people were like, how is she booked for two festivals? The festival officially tweeted out that jet, uh, private jets exist. <laughs> um, even though there's a f- like only four hour gap between when Megan's supposed to be in DC and when Megan's supposed to be in LA. So I don't know what's meant to happen here. I don't know. But um, loads of people in the industry, journalists are tweeting out about the skepticism of this festival and what it is it real we need some clarity we need some actual reporting here because what's happening what is the status of this report um as i said the lineup has changed since it was officially released uh foxy brown was initially removed from the saturday lineup um i believe she's back on in the whole festival so she might be on the friday but there's a lot of ambiguity around this festival but snoop dogg did take to twitter and instagram to support it and say that he is definitely part of it and he's going to perform um and he knew about it 
obviously selection were a part of the bill as well and um, tweeted about its legitimacy when it first got reported like an hour after the announcement on Wednesday the initial one and said that this is a legitimate festival and that selection only uh, sign on to legitimate things so there's a lot up in the air lovers and friends will it be lovers of fraud will it be fire festival I don't know but I just want to see because Eden Chopin myself loads of these artists on the bill we love you know yep. we've listened to we've streamed you know it's an old school well semi-old school kind of lineup it's got some new cats in there it's got some old cats if we all went we would all enjoy parts of it you know what i mean yep. so it, it seems like an ideal lineup but i just want to know if this is happening mm. or not because some artists every single day are like i'm not doing it i'm doing it i'm not doing it i'm doing it so is there enough to even perform on the day at this point um, this is an evolving story. We'll come back to it because this this season is only in its beginning. So we'll come back to it as things get firmed up or not firmed up. But for now, I definitely want your thoughts on it. And um, yeah, what do you think of the lineup? The shaky lineup at that, but the lineup. It looks very good. I will say that. But these, these festivals need to be careful of how they sprinkle Ja Rule onto the flyers because... Obviously, because of Fire Festival and all these situations, it's a bit hard to trust that. He's basically kind of destroyed his brand in a way, indirectly. If you see Ja Rule on the festival, you're a bit skeptical. You look at it and you're well, it's just not like... his festival, though. I know it's not his festival, but the fact he's involved, you're a bit like, okay, so is this true? And the fact there's ambiguity and loads of artists came out as well, and then you see Ja Rule, you're like, so what is the truth? But also, like looking at this from a business standpoint... There's a lot of ambiguity in this situation, which is usually good for business. It means that there's someone that's able to walk into this space and say, all right, we need to find a way to verify festivals. We need a way to actually prove that a festival is an actual thing that's going on because there's been a few cases where people are losing money. And whenever people are losing money, there's an opportunity for people to maybe spend a little bit more just to actually make sure they're going to the festival they they wanted to pay for. Um, so any entrepreneurs that listen to this, music entrepreneurs, definitely look into that. If you're in America, it's probably even better because it doesn't really happen that much over here. Mm. Um, but definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, that's all I really have to say on it, to be honest. Just be careful with Jar Rule. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, just to clarify, it's May 8th for May 9th. May 8th is a Friday. May 9th is a Saturday. Um, they've said that Doja Cat, Akon, Maya. Um, Akon. And Danelle Jones are on May 8th so far mm. so i'm just intrigued as to this is kind of a latest announcement from literally last night so um i don't know what's going on guys when i did the research they weren't announced but yeah and um twister said where is the check on instagram i just saw a tweet that said lauren hill and summer walker about to play rock paper scissors who has to perform <laughs> I love Twitter. Have you used the Spider-Man meme? <laughs> oh, yeah. no. So, my thoughts on this. Yes, Chopin. I'm ready. So, first and foremost, this is the messiest festival <laughs> announcement of all time. Yep. <laughs> I am very aware that things are subject to change with lineups, um, people being added and removed, but that is all supposed to be done before you announce. Mm. As someone that actually works in PR and as someone who's actually worked closely with people who work in festival PR, I understand that lineups can be crazy and there's always lots of changes, but you don't announce these things until 
it is settled. Yep. So the, how could you actually announce a lineup and then you have multiple artists saying it's not true, it's not, I'm not performing, I didn't even know about this. And this stupidity about um, agents, book artists, knowing, no, they have to know because artists have schedules. They have things going on. So Lil Kim has will have other shows that she's doing. She may have things with fashion or studio time or she mm. might be in Europe for you like no so th- she has to know <laughs> mm. um Twister will have to know before you book him or he has to get paid because the check exactly. is not in the account <laughs> you have to ask them if they can do it if they want to do it so this whole we could book you beforehand no that's not how life works <sighs> so I just think so I'm not gonna say it's a fire festival but I think that it's not a good look for perception mm. wise because the fact that it's only the fact that there's already been so many back and forth between Soul Action, Snoop Dogg, the yeah. festival announcement, the festival organizers in what three four days, that is that is a, that is a shambles. Mm. That is atrocious. Like you're just not instilling any faith into potential ticket buyers and go, especially people who want to travel internationally yep. or across state lines because. I mean, I'm not going because I have other pl- things planned for this year. But if I had no <laughs> other holidays planned, this is some definitely something that I would have loved to go to. There's a lot of great artists on this lineup um, from today's um, scene and from behind um, the 90s scene. So the fact that Maya is there, I would love to see Maya. Amy's there. Um, Brandy and Monica. I would love to see Foxy Brown. That's my girl. But is she, does she know she's performing? Lauren Hill. That. <laughs> We don't, well, like, she Lauren, can't be trusted, period. Like, Lauren Hill can't be trusted for her own tours. So now I want to go to a festival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're going to be on a festival bill and it's Lauren Hill, you have to have it firmed up. Like, yeah. at least for people to be like, okay, maybe. No, but but even but... if it is firmed up, knowing her. No, that's what I'm saying. Come, that's what I'm saying. The day may come. Lauren Hill at the so and so stage at 9 pm will get there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying the fact that even. Under those conditions, the fact that she's so messy herself, and the fact that now you as a festival are, are messy being messy as well, it just it just aggravates the situation. You know what I mean? It's just not a good look. And then what I'm gonna say is to those who have booked flights to LA, plan other shit. <laughs> luckily, LA is popping, so yeah. you, can, yeah, you luckily, can do what you need to do. Like, LA is a great seat. I've, I've never been there, but I can imagine that there's obviously a lot of amazing amazing things to do. So there are. If you are going to be booking a flight to LA across state lines or internationally, you know, have backup plans. Mm. You know, find things to do. Book a hotel for a couple of days, not for those two days, because you may find yourself stranded and homeless. And let me tell you, be there. hours, LA, California, hours, you're driving. So <laughs> get the situation sorted. Make sure the area that the festival's in is popping. If it's not... You know, hedge your bets because you will be stranded, as Shopper just said, if it's not to plan. So this is just not a good look. And I mean, I hope for for the sake of people who have bought tickets already, I hope for their sake that everything runs off without a hitch. But mm. even because another stupid thing about this is there are people who are buying tickets to see particular artists. So obviously Lil' Kim has now come and said the check is cleared. So what if... Someone bought a ticket just for the basis of Lil Kim, and then they found out, oh, she's not there because of Wahala. It's just like, mm. what are you doing? It is very messy. Yeah. And then Foxy has now been removed, but she's not been removed. And I just, and the fact that even even outside of that, when artists, when festivals are announced, you will notice that the artists involved will tweet or put on Instagram, I'm going to be here. So even like someone like Brandy, I ain't seen her tweet about this or her Instagram or Amy, and she's always on Instagram. Mm. Um, with her books and her beautiful little son. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's so many artists involved that haven't even 
shared this mm. because yeah. like, but I'm sure your manager would tell you, oh, hey, we're nice and stay, put on Instagram, put on Twitter. Like this is this still a very, very sketchy, but you know what is my own? To God be the glory. I wish you all the best. You're on your, what's going on today? <laughs> Okay, and last on the agenda, we had an award show this week. The Brit Awards um, came back for their 40th year, held at the O2. Uh, we're going to do the usual, so just go through the winners and nominees for each category. Um, and then we have time to do them all because there's not that many categories for the Brits, unlike the Grammys and stuff. And then we will get into some performances and stuff like that. Um, so winners i'm just going to take it from this list it's taken from the official brits website so we're going to go for male solo artist uh our nominees here were dave harry styles lewis cabaldi uh michael kiwanuko and um stormzy one what are your thoughts um, I was confused as to why Stormzy won. Wait, which, which category is this again? This is just male solo artists. Yeah, yeah, I was confused because your album just came out. So um, it's, this is supposed to be an award show for people who were dominating 2019. And this should have gone to Dave. Or, I, I don't care for him, Lewis Capaldi. Mm. Stormzy, Stormzy, the artist, really came in the running like autumn of last year. But I feel like he deserved it, to be honest, just looking at the things that he's done in the small amount of time from when he released the album. It came out in... Like December. 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 So it, it did come December, out in 2019. It did come out in 2019, charted at number one, I believe. Yeah. Debuted at number two, then went to number went one. To number one and then he had two songs that went to number one, right? Yes. No, no, I'm not... I'm not I'm the visuals. And then sold out three O two arenas. I'm not taking away his achievements. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in terms of the the... The award shows are supposed to be celebrating the best of 2019. And I'm, I'm saying Dave had a great 2019 throughout the year. That's fair Lewis Capaldi had a great 2019 throughout the year. Stormzy had an amazing 2019, but mm. he was at the tail end. So if he was to win next year's Brit Awards, that makes sense. That award, that would make sense because mm. I'm imagining he's probably going to have an incredible rest of 2020. I'm just saying that it should be someone who dominated throughout 2019. And that was, wasn't Stormzy because Stormzy wasn't active. Okay, that's a fair year. point. That's a fair point. But I'm not, I, I mean, I don't, like, I don't like the album, but I'm not, <laughs> mm. I'm not um, unhappy he won. I'm just saying. Fair enough. That's all I have to say on that, really. Cool. Uh, I, I will say his visual game's definitely gone up. Mm. So, yeah. He's definitely a much better performance, but we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we will go to uh, the female counterpart to this. So the female solo artist, um, FK. Uh, what? Um, no, sorry, I just remembered he won that. Sorry. Oh, okay, cool. Your girl Mahali has nominated uh, FK <laughs> Twigs, Charlie XEX, um, and Freya Ridings, and um, obviously our girl. Well, not mine. Who's our girl? But, um, <laughs> Mabel One. Mabel One. Uh, Mabel One. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Well, she won on the same day that. Um, well, well, how many years ago? Thirty years to the day. Her mother won. Yeah, two Brit Awards, which is convenient. Um, As someone say, mm, convenient. Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of that, of the whole, okay. So I call her Nana Sherry's daughter because that's what she is to me. Mm -hmm. Cameron McVeigh's daughter, great mm -hmm. songwriter and producer. That's what she is to me. Yep. Um, you know, her parents, you know, they've done incredible things. I don't, know what, I don't know what their child is doing. Um, but without being a hater, I can't deny she's had a great year, even though I thought her music is piss poor and poo-poo. Um, <laughs> she's had a, you know, her album did very well. 
She's had like what three top tens in the last year. Yeah. And I believe she's even on her way to somehow cracking America, even though I don't understand how that's possible. But you know, yep. we're in the age of liking basic things. <laughs> so you yeah. know, all the best is to God be the glory. Yeah, definitely saw her on the Hot One Hundred um <laughs> this year and Billboard two hundred. So um yeah, um amazing. Uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Oh, and by the way, uh, her, so her mother, the one who matters, dropped an amazing album last year. Let me find the name of the album. It was a really good album because her mother is great. Initially, is you know a wonderful <laughs> British female artist who also I love. But yeah, great gowns. Let me find the gowns, album um, just so I can recommend that because I that I didn't discuss it on the show, but because I think we were off when I was listening to it. But yeah, it was a really good album. We just find the name of the album. Yeah. It was called Broken Politics. Oh, 2018. Wow, time has flown. Yeah, it was called Broken Politics. This was a very, very good album. So for anyone who's very much into trip-hop, Portishead, Massive Attack-esque kind of vibes. So this is what I'm saying. I've been on my electronic vibe a bit recently. So um, that was a great album. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's the one that matters. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have absolutely nothing to say on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like her, so let's move on. <laughs> um, and I don't think she's talented. There. Uh, at all. At all. Cool. And that um, performance, mess. Yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> anyway, spoon fed, let's go. Um, so, best group. Uh, I don't know who these people are. So we've got Coldplay, D Block Europe, okay, uh, Bring Me the Horizon, Bastille, and um, Falls One. What is this based on? It's all different genres. Yeah. Yeah. Just Always group. Just group. Oh. Who's the best group? Who won? Uh, Foles. They're a good group. I've listened to some of their music before. Mm. They're alright actually. I can't remember what the album's called, but there's an album where they have where the there's a drawing and the guy's eating pills or something like that. What's it called again? Um But they actually make their music isn't that bad. It's not that bad. I can't throw salt on anyone that I haven't Same. listened to like that. And it's not even like honestly, listeners, like it's not this is not I'm not that kind of person like in terms of if I haven't listened to you I'm not going to throw yeah it's called salt. Antidotes Antidotes and he's like eating pills on the front of it but it's not a bad album it's not bad I remember someone from work recommended it to me about two years ago or something like that mm-hmm. but their music is uh, how do you describe it uh, what was it what's it under I wouldn't really know how to describe it it's 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 probably like um Indie. Yeah, I would say it's indie. It's like indie type of sound, like two-door cinema club type music. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised they won. Although Coldplay... Your boys. I love Coldplay. I love Coldplay with all my heart, but at the same time, the last album wasn't for me, mm-hmm. so I could understand why they didn't win this. And same thing, their album came out towards the end of the year. The end of the year. That's what I'm talking about. The last one, it wasn't for me. Um, and D-Block Europe... <sighs> Anyways, um, um, I'm sh- I'm shocked that they got nominated. Yeah, not, not, very not well like though. that. Not like that. No, I'm just shocked that the Brits nominated them. But in terms of their work rate, incredible, incredible, well. incredible yeah. work rate. It's I'm true. so actually happy just for the work rate in terms of Ali Pali, all of that. So their audience is very happy for you guys. Enjoy. Not even the fact that they got nominated. Forget that. Forget the accreditation. Just the fact that they're doing so well um, and can continue to support. I'm really enjoying you guys supporting them. Um, but let's stop the lean. Continue. Let's stop the lean. I was please. literally going to get onto that. <laughs> but you know what? If you are, do, do what you want to do, but what? stop promoting that to your fans. That's what it is. Do what you want to do in silence. We don't need to have this promoted to fans because we're in a very big epidemic now. People dying through drugs. Yep. Like that. Anyway, we'll move on to um, Song of the Year. So this one is Song of the Year. And 
Oh God, it's a long. Oh no, it's just a lot of people in this. Okay, so nominees: Stormzy for Vozzy Bop, Tom Walker, just you and I, um, Sam Smith and Normani dancing with a stranger, Mark Ronson featuring Miley Cyrus, Nothing Breaks Like a Heart, Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber, I don't care, Mabel's back again with Don't Call Me Up, Dave featuring Burner Boy, Location, Calvin Harris, Rag and Bone Man, um, Giant, and AJ Tracy, Labrick Grove. I actually love that song. Yeah, it's good. Um, really love the album as well but um, who won um, Lewis Cabaldi with Someone You Loved which I have not played a day in my life I'm not even going to lie like I actually or maybe I've heard it but I just don't know what it is but yeah I know he's big but he was the winner it's one of those songs where you hear it and you realise you've heard it in the background somewhere yeah um, for me personally because when he started singing I was like oh actually I've, I like this song mm. like I just don't pay attention to it um, but I feel like Everyone loves this guy. I probably need to check out his music. He's in the same camp as Billie Eilish. Never really paid attention to their music like that before. Um, probably heard it in the background somewhere. But congratulations to him. He seems like a stand-up guy. His growth has been more genuine to yeah. appreciate to Billie. But mm. I've, I remember when he wasn't this big. I remember seeing him like doing small shows. I remember seeing him yeah. like, being posted on smaller blog sites. I've, I've kind of seen... The rise. I've never heard any of his music, but I've been very aware of his rise. Mm. That's good. That's good that it's that this organic rise is. It's definitely been organic in music. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good that they still exist. Um, but no, honestly, um, saw him perform. Talented guy. He can sing. Um, but I can never st- like discredit someone's talent if they're talented. So yeah, like it's maple. just. Um, in terms of listening to him, I don't know if I'll get round to it. But if I do, I will give thoughts on the podcast on what I think about it. Um, but yeah, uh, I loved AJ Casey's Labrick Grove. Banger. Georgia did what she needed to Sad do. Loves location. Sad vibes. Um, yes, location was a nice spring summer song. Um, in terms of, yeah, Masterclass, album of the year. Uh, so this one literally... <laughs> If someone filmed my reaction to this win, I was like, my jaw dropped. So I don't think it's been mentioned yet, but our Nicholas, our dear Nicholas was actually there. He was in the room at the uh, elite, illustrious, prestigious Real Awards 2020, the O2 Arena. I don't think that's been mentioned yet. So he now wants to talk about anecdote, but doesn't want to give the context for such anecdote. Oh, shot so, As you were saying. <laughs> My thoughts on awards are still the same. Okay. <laughs> like, and we're still left and like, like, like. But... My reaction while I was in the room, as Chopin just mentioned, mm. um, I my jaw dropped. I was like, huh? Like, the what the hell? Like, obviously, it's very deserving when I tell you, but I was like, huh? I was very surprised. What? Like, my jaw surprised. dropped because the other one... Stormzy, I thought they might, if it was going to be someone black, they were going to give it to him. But um, the other one. I was like, uh, you know, that's how the Brits conceived them. Oh, David Stormzy, you know, top boy, Dash him in. That's what they thought. Oh, Drake, top boy, Dash Dave in there. You know, but um, yeah, let me just get to the nominees and we'll discuss after. But, well, Michael Kanuika is black too. Michael. Yes, no, and I... I, I but he, loved, doesn't, he doesn't make urban music. Yeah, in terms of... Her, Unquote. Yeah, so he was nominated as well. And for seeing him, he, he got a lot of nominations that night. And I was actually like, oh, cool. So I'm actually going to check him out now. Oh, he's but, really good. But in Very terms talented. of, um, yeah, so he was nominated for his album, um, self-titled. And then Stormzy Heavy is the head. And then Lewis Capaldi again, um, divinely uninspired to a hellish extent. 
And then Harry Styles' Fine Line, which Why the fuck I loved. I actually love that. That's Harry actually a really album. good album. I don't care, but it's, it's such a album good pop of the year album. came out in December, sir. So did Storm. Yeah, so did Storm. And that shouldn't be there either. Oh. Strong thoughts. Anyway, um, the winner. 2021. The winner Great. of this one is Dave Psychodrama. Um, which is yeah. an incredible yeah. project, by the way. Yeah, and Eden said it last season. Great album. It's really, album. really good. Shout out to Disaster. Still my tune. Yeah. There's so many songs on that album that are just incredible. And like, just the opportunity to actually talk about mental health and like his own journey in that, but through the perspective of his brother um, who went to prison. Um, we're not going to talk about that, but his brother went to prison. Mm. And it's kind of an ode to his brother's mental health, his own mental health, mm-hmm. um, the therapy aspect and like the kind of skits that begin happen at the beginning and then at the end i thought it was an incredible incredible album mm. it's still it's still um stuck true to dave and like how he grew up where he grew up like you hear that on streatham and yeah. stuff like that but then it goes into like his identity of like black and like i just yeah, thought I the whole song. yeah it's not it's not my favorite but the whole project for me was wow I loved every single moment of it. I can't lie to you. The the actual song Psycho is also a banger. Well, the whole album is great. Yeah. Psycho, Leslie, uh, Environment. What's that song called? Screwface Capital. Yeah. I mm. love that song. It was a really good album. But also I think it stands... The thing is, when I think of some albums, I, I compare them to some of the albums within their category, maybe like rap or like, um, like maybe if it's drill or whatever. This album for me was one of the best albums overall for me released last year. I really thought it was well thought out. I thought the production was incredible. I thought direction, the concepts... As I just said, everything about it really stood out to me. And I think that Dave is going to continue to ascend in the next few years. So He definitely got the pimp shot. Yeah. 100%. He's going to have an amazing career. Yeah. Anyway, Nick, what do you think? No, I definitely think it's a deserved win. And that's why I was so shocked because I was with award shows, you know, my thoughts. I was kind of like, will he win? You know, they just put in it for the sake of it. But... um, yeah, well done to him. And he's he's incredible. He's an incredible talent, incredible force. And he's he's worked really hard on how to become better because I've seen him rise and I've seen his EPs and his projects and stuff. And there's been times where I'm not going to lie, I've been like, you know, he's a great rapper, but the sounds and the songs need a bit of work. And mm. you mm-hmm. know, Fraser T. Smith helped him in the booth and stuff like that. And it, it was amazing. And I can't wait to see what happens when um, the next album comes, what else he's got coming, projects, him just as a person. He's a very amazing force to have in rap in the uk and uk rap so i can i can't wait i really can't wait for his career he's he's exciting he's really exciting to watch so um well deserved well 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 deserved um and i I truly i think he was one of the um underdogs in this category in my opinion but yeah well done but we'll go on to best new artist so Mabel's back again, nominated in this one, Sam Fender, Dave H. And then our winner again, sweeping this up, Lewis Capaldi. Um, what do you guys think in terms of best new artist win for him? That's fair. Makes sense. Yeah. I'm not too angry at that, to be honest. I'm not angry at any of these wins. If I'm like, spoiler alert, I guess, but I'm not angry at any of them, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I think most of the people deserve Mabel? them. I'm not mad at Mabel's win. I'm not surprised at it. Because like yeah. like I said, even though we did just drag her 10 minutes ago, um, I understand why she won. I'm not going to take away the fact that she's been very successful last year. I think she's trash. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. I think the question is, what does Mabel need to do to prove to some of her retra- de- detractors Detracting. that she's actually a formidable force? Stop. Stop making music? Stop. Yep. Really? Stop. 
You don't think it's a situation where she needs to work on her vocals Stop. or her performance? Really? Stop. <laughs> okay. Stop. And, she's been, and the thing is, she's, she's been working on her vocals. She has. Performance. She has. And her performance, she has. Like, that was her best performance and it was still bad. It was still not good. She's not done it was so. one of her best performances. But this is not show progress, not, though. This is not some... It's still bad. So where's the progress? <laughs> and you know what? Someone who has actually taken the time to go and listen to her music before making a info... Because at first I was like, oh, performances, I can't be bothered. I don't like her just because of that. But then I was like, let, no, let me go and play some songs. Songs. No, no, no. It's just not working. It's not What's working. not clicking? You know that mm. mean? What's not clicking? It's not clicking. And in her speech, she was literally like, you know, my manager had to make me believe in myself. Like, how can you be an artist and not believe in yourself? How can you go to the booth and she and was not lying believe anyway. in yourself? Do you know what? Just go away. Like, go away. I'm imploring you, like Iggy Azalea, go away. It's fine. And also, it's fine. Your mother's got the money that you can use and to father. sustain your life and your father, but your family. Because the thing is, one thing I don't like about it is, aside from the fact that she can't sing, she can't dance, and music sucks, I don't like the fact that she doesn't, she just tries to act like her parents, being who they are, haven't helped, helped her, her along the way. She's like, oh, my mom didn't do anything for me. I had to ground for the beginning. Sis. Did she say that? Yes. I'm like, I don't care if your mom didn't. Direct user connections. People will want to work with you because oh, they yeah. know yeah. who your your parents are, and people and you have access to other people. Mm. People will you have more contacts than so and so off the street because you, your parents are famous. It's so, the whole reason why growing up hip hop exists because it's about the children of the hip hop stars. It's the same principle. The fact that you are the daughter of two highly acclaimed people, they'll want to work with you. Access, mm. simply access proximity it's so easy <laughs> people have seen you as a child in the industry like oh okay you're finally here of age can work want to do this get in the studio let's test things out would you say it's not it's it's black nepotism though what what's happening with mabel black nepotism yes she's a quite black i know but okay. like i'm, I'm like mm. Black nepotism. I wouldn't even say black nepotism in this. I'll just say nepotism, nepotism, which could be black, white, it could like whatever space. And no, because the reason I asked that is because I think it's important that we have black nepotism to an extent sometimes, because obviously general society, a lot of the time it is white nepotism mm. in a lot of like, because I work in like the, the, the work, the place that I work, yeah. it's media based. Yeah. And literally most of the people that, whatever, most people that hold the most important jobs in that building, it's through nepotism like they know someone who knows someone who knows someone or like they're goddaughters or they're like godsons of someone who's quite big within the company so i personally don't have an issue with like a mediocre black pop artist because we were talking about this last week right with um who was mediocre and black sweet sweetie like we're okay with her being mediocre but <laughs> It's because of the fact that men are allowed to be mediocre. Is yeah. it the same thing with race at the same time? Kind of white. I don't want to have this race discussion over Mabel because I'm sorry. And my like quite black and like yeah, but I don't no. want to bring it up. But <laughs> oh, should I do this? There was a certain piece that we spoke about last season or the season before where she got picked. Uh, and okay, other people yeah. didn't. So yeah. if it's not race, colorism might come into play. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I think. It's fine, but black I don't see Mabel as a black woman. Black is yeah, that, well. It depends on how she identifies to begin with. I don't think she does. Well, you don't. Has she, she has she said that? I don't think she does, and she why? Shouldn't. Why shouldn't she? Why shouldn't she? Your mom is mixed. Yeah. And what is her dad black? No, no. That's yeah. white. 
There's still no. Nah, I think it depends on how she so wants to identify. Can, we can, no, I get that, and I appreciate that taking that on board. But the black nepotism conversation isn't analogous to Maple. That's what I'm saying. We can have it, but not about. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's because she's white passing. That's what she's it not is. Not white passing. She's white. She's not. No. When I see her, I do think that she is. If you want to, if we want to, if we want to go into the theory that because she's got a quarter black in her, like whatever, like we'll keep that as that. But she's. To, to most people white like do you know what I mean she's white past like it, she, like <laughs> there's no people, one on people the in road. America are not saying she's black like Again. I'm telling you now like people in America are not or even me like even yeah like no even, one's even calling yeah, her mixed. no one probably knows that she's black in America to be honest unless they know who her parents are and have done the research her mom research. her dad's white Knows in her parents. Yeah, I know what you mean, but like the backgrounds of her parents and then know that she's... No, Mabel looks mixed race, man. What? Nah, I'm looking at pictures of her right now. This is the one you're looking at, sir. That is like a mixed race woman. And him Kardashian. Yeah, but they, they tried to emulate being black anyway. And but they're could, not black. You could say Mabel's doing no, the same. No, but they tried to oh. emulate it. So oh. they tried to look we black. We could say Mabel's doing the same. We can't because I'm she gonna, has black in her. I don't her. look at Mabel and be like, oh, I'm seeing a black person in, you, in, your, in, your, in your lineage. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I look at I look at her and I look at her like the way Kim could be like you're not black, but you're doing things to artificially create blackness in the way you. No, but Kim yourself. Kardashian doesn't have any black. I don't no, think it's the same the, thing. No, hear me out. This is what I'm saying. I know Mabel has black in her, but when I look at her, it could be the same thing. Okay, let's so talk about her even, mom. Let's talk even, about her mom. Her mom is black, right? Mixed, mixed. Yeah. She's mixed race, but how does she identify? I think she was, as a black woman. I think she does. So it is an example of black nepotism then. Because it's someone who is black bringing their child into the industry. But Mabel's rise doesn't really do anything for black British artists. Mabel being successful doesn't really... Um, I agree there. Increase the visibility or increase the opportunities or success of other black artists. I agree there. It's not the same. If, so when Nina Sherry was blowing up in the 80s, yes... Because she's visibly, she's mixed, but she's visibly got colour. She's visibly a woman of colour. Mm. Mabel is not. There are many people, like Nick said, there are many people who don't even think Mabel has even a quarter black in her letter any. I, do you know what? I get what you mean in terms of her mum being visibly and like identifying as having black in her being black, black woman. Um, if she does, if she does, cause we, we don't, we don't have quotes, but there may be something on the internet. But if she doesn't, but you can look does, at her mum and be like, if okay. she does, if she does. Yeah. 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 Like Shopee said, she, okay. There's something there. She's black, clearly mixed, whatever. So if that, the, the fact that her mum got to that success and then Mabel went through that, that is, I guess, a transient example of, black nepotism in terms of she's she's black identifying as black and then let her daughter in but in terms of mabel i guess does she, i don't know does she work with loads of black producers does she work with does has emanike i feel feel like they've worked together before it doesn't matter but because i don't the, know mabel's success will not do anything for other black british artists because she's not seen by and large as a black woman or even a person of color because not because of things she doesn't say or doesn't say. Mm. She doesn't look it. So she's. I gonna, guess it doesn't change people's it does, perception. It doesn't change perception. Like, oh, she's a black woman and she's done X, Y, and Z. But I guess, Unless the, I guess she, the nepotism stops at her mum giving her the access and then it kind of stops because she has she done anything to date to move the pendulum for black artists in the UK? And she hasn't. And as yet, yeah, I haven't I haven't directly 
seen anything or an example of someone say that or say, oh my God, mate, the fact that Mabel's done this has helped me as a black, like whatever, but... And it's not going to happen. Yeah, but I think in that Ma- example Mabel of her mother... Let's get the fuck out of here. Her mother, you yes. getting her in, that that's an example, one, but I don't think her will continue, she'll continue the buck, in my opinion. But I get. I guess you have a point. If if her mum asked, her mum did clearly, and her dad got her to certain places. So the black side of it, the mum side, in one example, yeah, it's probably worked for her. But yeah, okay, that's but fair. The point of the matter is, the music is trash, <laughs> <laughs> and the what is it? <laughs> um, okay, Billy, 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 Billy Eilish is next because she won International Female Solo Artist, and the nominees here were um, Camila Cabello, Lana Del Rey, Lizzo, and um, Ariana Grande. Yeah, no, I get it. Not surprised. Yeah, I, again, I've never listened to this person's music, so I have no opinion on her whatsoever. <laughs> I, I just want to make that known. That. I have, I've never listened to a song by this person. Same. If she was walking down the street, I wouldn't know her. That's a lie, but. Though. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> My nigga, you would know who she is. Oh, that's how Billy Eilish does. Do I have a play? <laughs> um, no, but we're discussing this at work, actually. Discussing what? How no one in my office, which is ironic considering the kind of company I work for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were all saying, like, we see her everywhere, but we've never heard any of her music. That says all it needs to say, to be honest. But, like, we all know she's doing well. We know she's successful. We know she's massive. Are there any Gen Zers in your office? Only as in younger than you. Oh no, I'm the youngest. Yeah. Okay. So it. yeah, that's probably that's it. probably it. Um, but I've listened to her music. I've listened to her album. She's talented. That's all I'll say. Vocals. Can we work on it a little bit? But she's great. Um, she's and she's better than Mabel. And she has better vocals than Mabel. And it's her singing style as well. So let me. But in terms of like the performance, which we'll get into. People were saying it's great. I was sitting there like I could go to the toilet right now. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but it was the Bond theme, so you know. I, I'm a bit confused about why she got chosen to do the Bond theme, because to me that's something that someone with a a career, like a a, a long-standing mm-hmm. career, isn't is that wrong? Do you know it's what it changed is? over the years? Yeah. it used to be, yeah. but recently oh. not so much. Sam Smith did one after his first album. He did. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. And do you know what it is? In my opinion, I think it goes back to what people are arguing with the Grammys. I think that there's this agenda now to seem cool, quirky, TikTok era, yep. Gen Z. Yep. Let's just get Billy winning all the awards because we are mm. cool. And then after Lau the Bonds theme, a classic, iconic kind of opportunity. Uh, opportunity. They're like, oh, give it to the young people. Come on. Yep. Da, da, da. Show that we're edgy, cool, quirky. Get the Gen Zers in to watch the film. So, um, yeah, I think it's part of this industry agenda, which is an unspoken thing happening right now, which is kind of like we need to seem cool, diverse, mm. and edgy. Um, let's get Billy everywhere, and then it looks like we've done the work. That's probably, yeah, that's yeah. probably all it is. I think. I, I may be wrong, maybe for different reasons, but... Mm. Because I will say this, Definitely. even though I haven't heard her music, what I know of her, I do feel like it's very on brand for Billy to do a Bond song. From what I know of her, mm. just like how uh, people are comparing Lana Del Rey should do one one day. And I agree with that. I think Lana Del Rey would be a great choice for a Bond. She's got a great voice for it. Even if you don't like her music, what you, if what, Eden, what you know of her... You know, it's on. Okay, you're gonna be pessimistic. I didn't say anything. Whatsoever. Your face at all. Do you know so, she 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 has that sophistication. She fits the theme of the film. Yeah, I've heard she, of it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. She fits. And do you know what? And Lana's, same with Billy. You know, da, 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 you know, but whatever. And same with Billy. But yes, uh, Eden made a very apt point back in the day. You know, used to, used to be people with careers. So Shirley Bassey, Gladys mm-hmm. Knight, mm-hmm. Tina Turner. Uh, 
I can't remember who else. Even Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys has been on like 11 years when she did hers. Mm. With Jack White. And yeah, but recently, you know, we've had Sam Smith do it. We've had Adele do it. Yeah. Madonna done it in the past too. But yeah, Madonna had been Madonna for like 25 years when she did her. her and that was a tune, by the way. Madonna is trash. Team Janet. But Dying of the Day is a banger. Uh, no, so yeah, but I, I think like Shofei said at the beginning. I don't know why that's funny, it's true. As as Shofei said at the beginning of his point, um, Billy is being pegged as the girl for the 20s in pop. She is being pegged as that. And she's being pegged as a artist who is going to be here for a while. They want her to be here for a while. So this fits on ticking it off her resume. But something in me thinks she's gonna win an oscar for next year yeah something something in me thinks that there's a bit too much too soon yep and it may what what else can she do from here yep it's getting to that point but um olympics don't get her on leave it leave it out japan come on um let's leave it an oscar next year but um yes she already performed this year so you know but um because sam smith and adele won an oscar for their bond songs i did there so let's move on international male solo artist now this one i was very happy i didn't even know he was in the audience i'm not even gonna lie but but um he was he yeah he was here for fashion week uh predominantly but um bruce springsteen burner boy dermot kennedy post malone which i'm happy didn't win and tyler the creator won this award mm. for international male solo artists what are you guys' thoughts on tyler's win i'm very happy for him he definitely deserved it definitely deserved, definitely it. deserved it um and i'm glad he shouted out theresa may at the end of his speech i would say shouted it out but he did he shouted out i mean may. shouted out has positive connotations okay he uh, what do you mean he shouted out theresa may. i don't understand i what? think i feel i feel like say say sarcasm and then you'll be fine just say it's sarcasm and then you'll be fine uh, right, he shouted out theresa yeah. may <laughs> no, but it's, no but it's true saying someone got a shout out it has positive connotations so i guess you would say singled her out or called her out all right, he called. Oh. There we go. He, okay, Shopping let me say the full sentence. Let me say the full sentence. He shouted out Theresa May for blocking him from coming into the country. That, that, oh. that basically explains the, the way he would have I, said I it. I know, though. but these oh. niggas always argue about <laughs> <my side. laughs> I'm a go. I'm a leave. I feel. I feel like <laughs> these niggas are married. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it, it, it would just been. She got called out. All right. Well, all right. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, cool. Yeah. He, all right. Well, the wedding rings back on. <laughs> are, we, are we back? Are we back? Whatever. You know what I mean. I'm glad at the I'm glad at the fact that Theresa May is being called out for the issues she's caused for blocking people from coming into the country or sending people away. But like I'm glad that he won this award. He's amazing. Um he deserves it and his transition into the artist he is today is incredible and it's amazing to watch. Especially for all of the people from um well, most of the people. Odds. Odd future. future yeah. yeah, they're doing incredible. Oh, one hundred percent. Sid it's is nuts. releasing a new album as well, by the way, in case you didn't know, that's on our Instagram, D A T S P O D cool. Eden's marketing. We love <laughs> yeah, to but see no, it. the whole everyone in Odd Future, like it's actually been incredible to watch it them has. all individually over the last ten years. And there actually was an amazing piece on Pitchfork yeah. about this called How Odd Future Changed Everything. It was a very, very good read because it was. it's very weird. In spite of them, none of them being like massive chart top superstars, they've all had a massive impact on music, pop culture at large over 100%. the last 10 plus years like yeah. tyler frank oh the instant even offshoots so matt martians steve yeah. lacy um what's that boy called domogenesis you say frank frank yes. yep yeah so like I, I i i love all those guys they should do they should do a festival 
Not future Ty- well, like golf wang. Ty- yeah, they could just go back back off Tyler. Oh well, you know, hey, Tyler, if you're listening. And I think this decade we're going to see more of a look back onto Odd Future. I think Definitely. obviously the Pitchfork piece started that off. Uh, I think that, yeah, now when 20 is officially, more. they will definitely get their love now. Um, and it's not just music, it's fashion. Tyler's done a lot in fashion for fashion. He's a fashion, I, I, I don't even want to say icon just yet, but like he's he's making his way to that kind of realm. Mm. And he, he definitely does it more organically, in my opinion, than ASAP Rocky. And ASAP's still great in fashion. He's still great. In fashion and this only. Is, this, is not, this is not shade. Do you know what? I'm not even, this is Sutton, that's pod. I'm going to eat my words here. I've eaten my words. I went back to testing and I actually like it. Like it's so I'm weird. Sorry, Bug I Shots actually the matters. went to testing and I enjoyed it sonically. The, now the bars, you know, we could do some work. But in terms of sonically, you know, it wasn't bad. It's not the best. It, it, it wasn't the so, best rap album. But I went back to it the other week, like three, three weeks ago when I first started a new job. And... It's not bad. So I think, I, I'm guessing this is in relation to like the whole festival thing and him headlining and all those types of things, but also like just his music in general. Those comments we made. actually that day, but still, why is he headlining still? But why? The, the thing is with the album, I don't think it's an issue of quality because it's an all right album. I think it's an issue of at this stage in his career, he's still making forgettable albums. I don't hear yep. anyone talk yeah, about that. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> when I listen to some Big Sean albums, not Dark Sky Paradise, some some of the yeah. ones before. But um, listen, I'll, 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 it's not a bad album. It's not binnable, but it, at the same time, it's like it's gonna sit on the mantelpiece mm. for a while. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna come back and be like, oh, this album is. Let me show you again. It's not one of those that dominated hip hop and art rap last shit mm. at all. But um, sonically, not bad. And I will eat my words for saying it was crap when it first came out. But Back to Odd Future, culturally, so many different levels. And so as Shopee just highlighted all the artists, pretty much all of them, they've dominated in so many different areas. Rap, R&B, uh, alt R&B, even... Um, alternative alternative hip-hop. hip-hop. Yeah, this album is Rock, even being debated. Is folk. it hip-hop? So many different... Er- L, obviously, L does completely different music to Tyler, who does completely different music to um, Sid. It's just, it's incredible to see their influence everywhere. And also... And Frank Ocean in his bag The too, conversations they've opened. The conversations they've opened around representation around black queer people. Like, because a lot of them are queer, they're LGBT. And that that has been a very important part of their movement over the last 10 years. They're like, they're kind of amongst the first big openly accepted black LGBT eyes, a lot of them. Mm. So I know we had loads of them in the past, but they weren't allowed to be themselves. How was with Luther Vandross and Whitney Houston. But um, no lawsuits for me, this is Nicholas B. Well, mm. the facts <laughs> are there. People have, have said it, so. I love the visuals as well from Odd Future. Um, Tyler's particular, like he caused so many conversations for his visuals back in the beginning. Um, so yeah, it, it completely deserved. Honestly, Tyler is the one and so many incredible albums so many incredible projects as well and i think with that that is all the awards um it's very short like it was a very short list we just went into segues but um yeah i think there's about seven eight categories mm-hmm. one two three four it was two you missed cares. seven eight nine well they weren't on the list well, brits give me the list mm. what were the two that i missed read them out. rising star award and producer of the year okay go on read what who was the no producer? one cares no, no, come <laughs> on. can we show producers love mm. give the come on shout out the producer fred again okay and then <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
we love we love great girls, great girls. <laughs> you know like queen and slim great girls beautiful girls um anyway what was the other wait one? can right. we just deal nick was like let's show reduces love and i see he's like Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, okay. Anyway, um, the next one, Rising Star, no come on, show her love. Great voice. Great voice. She had done a great performance. Oh wait, hold on. So this Fred again person. He's produced songs for Burner Boy, Ray Black, Sean Mendes, George Ezra. There's a quite a Rita diverse Aura, palette. Rita Ora, West Live, Jess Glynn, Ellie Golding. It's okay. All right. There we go. Okay, he's he's been doing things. Yeah. What's the other one? Rising Star. Right. Um, Celeste. Great performance. Honestly, great performance. Like, she was one of the best for me that night. For real. For real, for real. Um, Performances, faves, non-faves. I only watched Dave's and it was amazing. Dave's was amazing with, um, who was on the piano? I'm sorry. I can't remember his name. Remember. Was that someone famous? Yeah, and I can't remember his name. He's really, he's huge. That's why it was such a big deal and I can't remember I saw name. no one talk, talk about, about the, that. Talk about the performance and I'll Google it. Um, I was, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. And the fact that Dave has so much courage to talk about things that a lot of artists would shy away from is really commendable. Um, he spoke about Windrush. He spoke about um, poverty. He spoke about where he comes from, being black, all these types of things on the Brit Awards. And I was just like, it It was incredible. It was just incredible. And I'm so proud of Dave as an artist. He's definitely evolving and um, I'm looking forward to seeing where that takes him. Um, him, Stormzy, the both of them, they are making sure they stay true to their roots. Um, and whilst Nick is looking for the thing, I'll just talk about Stormzy quickly. Stormzy's performance. Now, for me, the album, I listened to a few songs, forgot about it, and then go back to that song occasionally, every, so, every now and again. This performance made me realise... It's a performing album. You need to watch the performance to actually enjoy it because there were some songs that when combined with um, the the crowd of people he had behind him, um, like mainly black people that were behind him, the dancers, um, the kind of standing over the crowd and performing it it was it's it was really well thought out and he as a as a performer, he's definitely pre- um, improved and you can see that he actually, thinks about his music on a larger scale than just something that plays on the radio or plays through someone's headphones. He thinks about performances. That's fine if we can't find it, it's cool. Um, but yeah, Stormzy, incredible performance. I'm going to go back to the album again. I probably won't like it, I'm being completely honest, um, as, I, as I haven't, but... That's why I didn't watch the performance. It's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, it's really good. No, I'm sure it was, but I didn't like the album, so I didn't like the songs, which, so I was like, well, what's the point? Did you like his Glastonbury performance? Yes. You, you'll like it. But the album wasn't out. The what album wasn't out? His second album wasn't out. No, but you'll like it because he still has the same energy. He's a great performer, definitely. Yeah, but that's what makes the songs good. Like, listen to it. Even if you don't like the song, I imagine you would like the performance because it is very black, like black UK, black London. That's kind of the message behind it. He has loads of like people behind him. Are we talking about Stormzy? Yeah. It was a really good performance, I thought. And his 2018 performance, in my opinion, one of my favourite Brit performance ever. Yes. Um, he yeah, talks about was. Grenfell. Yes. He talks about um, MPs taking drugs and everything. Incredible, incredible performance. And the, the people behind him in um, 
I can't remember what it was. They were wearing hoodies and like harmonizing and stuff. Yeah. Watch it. Incredible performance. Can I ask a quick question? Because I've just seen a lot of people talking about this, like um, the performances and stuff from like the Stormzy's and Dave's and stuff. Do you feel like this stuff is um, revolutionary, like amazing, like all the kind of stuff in terms of calling out the government on those stages? Just because I've seen the conversation, some people pro positive, negative. Like I just wanted to get you guys, I wanted to bring it to the podcast today. Um, I don't know if it's revolutionary. Um it's been done before and it is part of what music is. Um, I think it's part of the culture that they both belong to. Yeah. So they belong to cultures or we belong to cultures where um, we call out issues because we are the only voices that actually speak for ourselves. Mm. And I feel like they utilize their platforms to talk about issues that won't get spoken about or they'll get mistranslated when um, someone maybe goes to parliament to talk about it. So I, I don't know if it's revolutionary. I wouldn't say it's revolutionary, yeah. but I will say I don't have an issue and I actually commend artists to come out and talk about issues they may have faced before they became famous and joined the, let's say, quote unquote elite. Yeah. Um, because a lot of artists, when they become famous, they lose their way. They forget about their past and they just think, okay, I'm making money now. Mm. So there's no reason for me to talk about this and being disenfranchised or racism or um, poverty or any of those things. Yeah. So I have no issue with it personally. I actually think it's a good thing. But the whole argument that mainly white Brits are having right now about if you're an artist, you shouldn't be talking about political things. Complete, absolute fucking bullshit because... Wait, huh? There's, there's uh, yeah, Daily Mail Twitter going off. Oh, like, listen, we ain't <laughs> engaging <laughs> with the Daily Mail with Good Morning Britain. Like, I'm telling you, I've said it on Twitter. I'm saying it in audio form. You guys are fools. <laughs> Block the account. Why are we still posting a clip? I'm so shocked. Racism, Pierce Morgan. The main argument... Stop being pick me. The main argument is if it was the other way around... And there was an artist that went on stage talking about growing up white in Grimsby or areas like that. People would have an issue. And this is my thing, yeah? And I said this on Twitter. What's that? Create those songs. Please create them. Because if they slap, I will play them. Who's that artist? Sam Fender, yeah? I played his album the other day. And... You know, the, it, the the white privilege came out, like, in terms of him calling it out, all that kind of stuff. And at first, because of the fact that the, the artists don't speak out, I was kind of like, oh, it sounds a bit corny. Who's that rapper in the States? The one, what's his name? The one that won from Kendrick Lamar. What's his name? Oh, Macklemore. It felt very Macklemore, yeah. but... I was like, you know what? If he wants to call out and I watch some interviews, I'm like, this seems a bit genuine. Like, he actually cares and wants yeah. to do something. This, this is what I'm saying. If race is to be improved is on you guys okay yes, we can't change anything because we are not on the top of power so we'll call it out because as eden said we're the only voices start speaking about your struggles or start speaking about the struggles that you want fixing because i saw a lot of your faces twist up when dave was performing at the brits i saw in the audience so some of y'all need to speak up mm. if you really want the changes to come Instead of wanting it to fall on us and Daily Mail, Twitter, whatever, like, uh, do, go do they play want in the, the field. Change? Go play in the field. That's the question. Do they want the change? Some people love their cushy jobs and cushy power play. So, mm. I, yep. And I also, know, just, just they, on that point, I want to say on Nick's point, Macklemore, white privilege one and two, they're actually really good. I will say that. 
they do talk a lot about the history of um, rap and he actually talks about Eminem and the position that he played in rap. Yeah. Really good. I, I do commend him for that. He did actually come back and make an apology that was worthy of us being like, okay, maybe he is aware of his privilege and stuff like that. I don't think that was ever up for debate though. I think he always knew. I, a, I lot of people, a lot of who, people doubt always it. knew his privilege, even when Michael, he won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's why there was texts yeah. to like Kendrick and stuff. I don't think Michael was ever unaware of his white privilege. Mm. I, I think a lot of people challenged the fact that he won a, the award and were like, yeah. are ra- white rappers aware? that they're winning these let's say prestigious and i'm putting that in um quotes yeah um awards because of they're more palatable to that certain audience yeah i remember that but macklemore's always been very vocal but yeah i know i'm doing so well because i'm white yeah i feel like macklemore's never not said that yeah i mean so that's why i've always been like with him like i don't like your music because it's trash but Mm. i appreciate that you at least you know why you're you're doing well Mm. and to echo eden's point about the day of performance the same thing not revolutionary in the slightest. It's been done. It's been happening for decades. And um, black and black and white artists have done that. But I appreciate it. I'm I I love it. I enjoy it. It was a great performance. I love that you did a freestyle on appended to the song. Yeah. And um, yeah, cool. That's where I stand with it. Just wanted to bring the question, just because I know it was. Beat and also the kind of artist that Dave is, kind of you know on brand. On brand. Like I I I get more excited when. Artists who I wouldn't expect that from mm. do that. So I'm not going to say this person because Eaton's going to it's going to annoy me. But say when, it, say it, say uh, it, say it. When our pop, listeners want to know, when uh, when pop stars do that, or artists who who don't make music that's supposed to be socially conscious, when they occasionally put out you know some political messaging, then oh, like, yeah, that's you, when are you talking about Taylor Swift. Who, please. Who are you talking about then? Please, Taylor Swift. When, Sh- wash Shopee, your, wash, it in, wash your bring mouth. It name. <laughs> Taylor Swift. You think, you think I'm going to get here on this microphone? I'm sorry. Guys, you can't see it, but my when mouth is, my jaw has dropped. My jaw has dropped. Taylor Swift being revolutionary. Oh, wait. Are you, who are you talking about? Beyonce? I don't know. Who, who don't know who I'm talking about. You're talking about Beyonce. I don't you? know who I'm talking about. Yeah, you're talking about Beyonce. I don't know who I'm talking okay. about. The woman who can't sing, apparently. So, there we go. Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce. So what would they say the point again? So for, so for example, like when she performed at the Super Bowl that year when Formation came out. Her first Super Bowl performance. No, the second the, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, And even, actually, even when Formation came out, like I was like, oh, Beyonce is a big, 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 big star, like a big pop star, and she's actually talking about blackness. I mean, and she said it in in. I was like, okay, see, it is is eye rolling his eyes, but that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking oh, now. Dear. Okay, let me get this Eden's out. His let eyes. me just say this so we can end the show properly. Let me let me explain the issue I have with the Carters because a lot of people seem no, to no, think no 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 I need to, no I need to explain this because a lot of the feedback let me, let me finish my point then okay go on so so that's what I mean so like Dave um no revolutionary but I appreciate it but I mean I'm just saying I think for me as a as a spectator I'm always like if like a pop star who doesn't make political music quote unquote like so like and there's a lot of discussion about politics and classism and race in Dave's music anyway same with Stormzy anyway but when it comes to pop stars even Taylor Swift but that's when I'm like oh okay that's that's new mm. but yes there are some very valid points that um, Eden is going to make about the Carters I don't disagree with them because I know he's going to talk about this um, medium article the discretion of black art which I agree with a lot of what I agree with but you are still trash to say you can't sing I don't <laughs> All right, listeners, I'm just going to say he this took once. his headphones off. Listeners, I'm he, just going to say. Stop, it's done. I did not say that Beyonce yes, did. could not sing. Yes, you did. Um, you okay, did. that's all I'm going to say. You did. 
Anyways, Moses saw both sides shopping. Exactly. Moses thank you. Saw- <laughs> thank you. Okay. He so- also thinks Chris's first album was great. So. <laughs> Shout out to Moses, love you, my guy. Wait, hold so on. Now right. Moses isn't here. Shop uh, it was the post. But when he was around. I'm kidding. I know you I said, did. I know I said you it did. last week too. Uh, when I come around, <laughs> you don't want to post. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, let me just say this quickly. The car is my main issue is <laughs> I'm not going to deny the fact that both of them have elevated the genres that they've been um, making music with That's the point I was making No I know I'm trying to get okay. out I'm not even talking About your point let anymore put the context. I'm talking more let about me, The Carters Because people context. seem to think That I hate the Carters And it's I hate Beyonce <laughs> I don't hate them I just think that A lot of the time When it comes to black issues They can latch on to things And um, It doesn't seem genuine It doesn't seem like That's It fair. comes from a place Where it wants to actually Move the scene forward It comes from a place Where it's more for profit And Especially when it comes To the black billionaire route And which is why I keep bringing up the purse with billions on it for Beyonce because it's in the conversation about it's quite tone deaf to to yeah no I'm never gonna step off an effort no, there's no, conflicting never. thoughts there's conflicting thoughts with if you want to elevate blackness <clears throat> you can't at the same time be involved with capitalism because capitalism is race based yep and hundred. That's my issue with the Carters. They're billionaires who want to talk about elevating the black scene, but they are part of the problem. Mm. And a lot of people say you have to become a billionaire in order to make the change and stuff like that. I get that argument. Obviously, we're in capitalism. More money you have, the more powerful you'll be. But the system at the same time is what's keeping people poor, what is enforcing the ideas of black people are degenerate because obviously they are in the areas that are like poor and all these types of things. Facts. That's my main issue. In yeah. terms of music, I love Jay-Z. I, yeah. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Beyonce's music, I'll say that, I but I, I am aware that she's an incredible artist. She's very talented. She's, she is. She's oh. the best oh. performer of our generation. Oh. Okay. I said this on the episode when Nick oh. was on holiday and it was just me oh. and you. And I say the same exactly. thing. She's the best performer. I don't like every album, but she's yeah. the best performer. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. Come on, the work ethic is there. I just want to say that I don't agree. I don't disagree with anything Eden just said about um, yeah. capitalism and the cars. I So I am a, I am part of the beehive, but everything he's saying is very true. Yeah. But I'm just saying in response to the Dave thing, I'm just saying for me, I just want to make that clear. <laughs> I want to make that clear. I think it's more like, wow, when a pop star does it. Yeah. Even if their politics are a bit skewed, it's still a bit like, oh, wow, a big pop star is saying these things or mm. rapping about or singing about these things. But yes, the politics are skewed and Jay-Z is very questionable right now. I definitely, and can't say. definitely, I definitely agree with um, Eden's point. And I think that I had my skepticisms even when Formation, like when Formation dropped, I was like, oh, okay. This is the album's theme. And like when the self when her self-titled, oh feminine okay, right. So like I have my reservations, but in terms of in terms of what the I guess if money's going in disenfranchised black people's pockets, I can't complain, but I can complain on the wider level in terms of what it does in the capitalist structures. So but she is the most talented. She, like we cannot deny. You can't deny that Beyonce is talented. Jay-Z is one of the best lyricists we've seen in hip hop. Okay. People go study if you ain't played and if you haven't played, I'm disgusted to be quite frank. They're changing their tune now because album. we're now four seasons in, but before we start this podcast, I have never said Beyonce can't sing. Don't so, even bring that out of my name because 
because I was a Destiny's Child fan, played the albums. Don't play me. She can always, she could never have not sung, be able to sing. Okay, never. so we're running out ever, of time. Ever, 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 ever. We are running out of time. You didn't we'll do say, but you guys, whole discussion. You, didn't say can't sing, you guys, guys make up your own decision. You didn't say Bills can't sing. We can't enforce anything. Um, but yeah, that's the episode for today, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram. We are very active on there at the moment. So it's D-A-T-S-P-O-D on Shout Twitter. Shout out to Eden as well oh, for that. Thank you very much. Um, Vero, D-A-T-S-P-O-D. Uh, we're on every streaming platform. Make sure to check us out. Subscribe on Spotify if you can. Again, this has been Eads McKenzie. Nicholas Terrell. And Shopper. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Peace.